Welcome to the Trailer Island Podcast. It's another Wednesday and I'm joined as always. Wait, did I say my name? Uh, did I say it's Alex? Yeah, it's yeah. Alex, everyone. No, it's Alex. I said it's the Trailer Island Podcast. That's right. But it's also Alex and it's I'm Alex. joined by... Alex. Oh, no. <laughs> Steve. Steve's still in isolation, guys. We're really yeah. sorry about him. Stir uh, crazy, and also, baby. And, and Matthew's here. <laughs> but I'm, I am here, present. Oh, boy, oh, but maybe boy. I should be in isolation. That's a question for my doctors. Uh, uh, the best boy. part of my, my week was bringing in the bins because I got to go outside the perimeter fence. <laughs> is, that, is that considered essential travel, is it? Uh, it's definitely illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Have you like just like run rings around the house or done any form of exercise? I'm digging holes. <laughs> Much Holes like the movie Holes. Yeah, Actually, that is I love a good that film. film. Holes is a good film. Yeah. Um, but that is not the movie we're talking about tonight. No, it <laughs> is not. <laughs> is this. When did this movie come out? Was this 2016? 16. Mm. Do we think that that might be. I think. I think it might be. Um, because. Hang on, how do we do. We do these after we've introduced. We do the the, the we talk we talk really, it after the we've introduced. Really film, don't we? struggling, aren't you? It's Alex. It's Alex. <laughs> it's fine. When do we do it? Whenever we want. This is oh, our podcast. We can do what we want. I've forgotten everything about what we're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, and I'm the one that's crazy. Yeah, nurse. So, anyways, because because it's old enough, what does it qualify to be? A time tug. Hey, bring it in, Captain. Good on you, Captain. Yeah, thank you. Bring the boat in. That's good. Good. I want a whopper with cheese. <laughs> Steve, is the captain with you? No. No, oh. did you oh. hear his mic quality? He's a lot better quality than I am right now, so. Oh, it just sounds like he, he might be in quarantine with you. It's um hard to nope. tell. Nope. How's that dog He's also camera shy as well, so I can't see him on the on the on the <laughs> webcam. So uh-huh. is, he, oh. is he looking healthy? He's never uh, looked healthy. He looks drunk. But ha- how's the dog as well? Uh, it's 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 hanging in there. It's hanging in. Okay, there. always a, always a good good mm-hmm. thing to be hanging mm. in there. Mm. Healthy, healthy is what Hel- it is. Yes, well, that much like what the uh, the food featured in this movie we're about to talk about does not provide is health or nutrition. No, no mm. it does not. I'm actually very excited about this one. I th- I was very keen for this film. Well, now, well, because you're so excited, Matthew, <gasps> would you like to introduce the film? Yes, please. We are doing the Michael Keaton-led movie, The Founder. I know what you're thinking. How the heck does a 52-year-old, over-the-hill, milkshake machine salesman build a fast food empire with 1,600 restaurants and an annual revenue of $700 million? One word. Persistence. Castle sales. Hi, Jim. Ray, how's it going down there? Good. Swell. A lot of interest. We got an order. Six mixers. To anyone in particular? McDonald's. McDonald's? Care for a little tour? We wanted something different, and that's when my brother here comes up with one of his brilliant ideas. Order's ready in 30 seconds, not 30 minutes. Unique, original. There's nothing like this. It's revolutionary. It's exactly what it is. It's revolutionary. What is that? The Golden Arches. It's a way to make the place stand out. Huh. There should be McDonald's everywhere. Franchise the damn thing. What's the first step? Just leave that to me. That glorious name, McDonald's. I have to have it. Did you mortgage? 
mortgage, our home. We could lose everything. Good things come to those who wait. Business is war. It's dog eat dog. I could be growing this thing at twice the pace. I don't know what to say. Say you'll renegotiate. I can't. Can't or won't. What you ought to be doing is owning the land upon which that burger is cooked. You're not in the burger business. You're in the real estate business. There's a wolf in the hen house. We let him in. Isn't enough going to be enough for you? Honestly, never. Business is war. It's dog eat dog, rat eat rat. To succeed, to win, opportunity. Sky's the limit. You have a contract. This is not your company, Ray. You sure about that? That's a great trailer. Mm-hmm. That, I think that that sums up the film perfectly. It does. It's probably yeah. everything in there. Yeah. I mean, again, this is based on based on historical events. So I, I don't know that we can blame that trailer for perhaps having too many spoilers in there. Maybe. So I think, as we can gather from the sound bites in that trailer, this is very much the origin story of the McDonald's restaurant as we know it today. Now, I, I don't know. Much like when we did Social Network, I'm assuming McDonald's, they must have obviously given permission to use their logos and all of that in this movie. I don't know how happy they would have been about this movie being made. I don't know that you see an actual current McDonald's logo. That's Mm. true. You see what it used to look like, not what it currently looks like. So I'm sure it's still Uh, trademarked, but not to the same degree. Yeah. I also feel like Social Network, that was... uh, there was a movie about, you know, uh, like it's portraying recent events. This one, you know, there's there's 50 years of history there. There, mm. there are, I'm sure, books and books and books and exposés on on just what happened with McDonald's. You know, the 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 truth is probably out there and probably <laughs> has been debated before. Uh, this is not a new chapter in a story. It's just sort of you know a nice story to tell, I suppose. Yeah, and I think it is told quite well. Uh, so just the gist of it, obviously, is um, Michael Keaton, who plays Roy? Ray. Ray, thank you. Ray Croc. Ray Croc, and he is a down-and-out salesman. He discovers the one and only McDonald's, can you believe it, at the time. And I really enjoyed that in this movie, The uh, this idea of there was only one, because I think we've all grown up with it. Like, it's, mm. ev- it's everywhere. There was only one, and it was a family business, and he takes this – it has this great speedy system that makes um, – I think it's something like 30 seconds, isn't it, from the grill to the front or something like that. And uh, he sees that. He sees dollar signs. And he basically uh, takes over this and franchises it and makes it his own and steals it, I I guess, essentially, doesn't he? From the two Mm -hmm. McDonald brothers. Mm. And, I mean, that just sounds like a great premise for a film. I can see why this was made. uh, It's... it's you know, it's an origin story. <laughs> I feel like in the end of it, it's a villain origin story. Yeah. And that's my favorite. Michael Keaton's really good in this. And, and you feel really sorry for him at the beginning of the mm. film. You really do feel sorry for him. And he ends up becoming this monster by the end, like an absolute horrible human being who just... Yeah, it's, it's really well done. It, and then you, you find out about what happened to the original brothers oh. as well. You're just like, man, yeah. they got screwed. Yeah. It's so I know that um, you and I were talking about this, Alex, is the first half of the movie I was watching and I think you agreed that you felt the same way. You really wanted McDonald's because of all yeah. the McDonald's you see. And then, like you say, you find out what happens to those original brothers and you go, I'm not sure that I want to do that and give them any no. money at the moment because the money did not go to the original brothers. 
I suppose what benefits that is, if you go into a McDonald's today, it's not a 30-second turnaround. It's <laughs> not, you know, some family-owned business. It's it's a mega corporation and, yeah. you know, it's it's totally unrecognizable to what we see in 1954. Yeah, McDonald's does not taste or look as good as it appears in this mm. movie. Like, it's... <laughs> it's funny. I did find it funny. All the, all the, and it is, it's actually a massive plot point in, in in the movie as to why the brothers don't want to franchise McDonald's. Is the quality control is how pedantic they are about you know the same amount of pickles. Because I've had, I'm sure we all have had McDonald's in the past that looks disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like the presentation is just all over the place, and you think, yeah, okay, so it's definitely not the same values that that those. Again, I'm only saying this from the perspective of the film. I, I don't know them. Didn't know them personally. I'm just reacting to the information given me given to me in this adaptation but it's definitely fallen a long way from what they were trying to do i think originally yeah it's interesting it's an interesting story well i think the idea is that we kind of i think we all really enjoyed this movie yeah and and i'm trying to work out because i don't know that i've nailed it exactly why i like it so much Right. I don't know okay. if can you can you guys articulate that at all for me? I think it's because we're watching the underdog story and it's not the underdog that is the McDonald's, it's it's the underdog that's Ray Kroc, who eventually becomes our villain. Yeah, and yeah. it's honestly an interesting way to sort of take that underdog story. It's it's very um it's interesting to me that he never got a kind of um, comeuppance in this in this mm. film. Like he 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 ends up basically getting so greedy, he starts taking like he cheats on his wife, and he just gets richer and richer. And he he doesn't. Well, there's that one scene at the end where he's looking in the mirror, and you think maybe he feels regret. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the idea is that this is just uh, I guess it's a heart of darkness story in a way. Like he just gets consumed by by this dream of his he becomes marlon brando at the end of apocalypse now in a way doesn't he um oh yeah so maybe that's that's his character arc is you're not again i felt so sorry for him at the beginning of this movie he's having no luck trying to sell these um um, ice cream machines or smoothie machines whatever whatever they are and and you really want him to succeed Mm -hmm. so you're right when he starts to succeed about halfway or maybe the first the end of the first half of the movie this is great i'm so happy for him it's the mcdonald McDonald's brothers are hesitant, but it seems to be going well for them. Everyone seems to be happy, and then it, and then he just turns into someone that that is not likable and this like all-consuming monster. Mm. What sort of helps with that though is the fact that he's not he does butt heads with the McDonald's brothers, but he does take what they're saying about quality and all that very seriously. So when he you know starts opening up several locations. He's the one there sweeping up outside. He's the mm. one there making sure people uh, are cooking on time. You know, he's mm. taking pages out of their book. I think the weather, where the film really does, I mean, there, there could be even an argument to say that the McDonald's brothers are the the antagonists in this film. They they they're unwilling to compromise, and one of them is just a, a coward. You know, <laughs> and they they they're definitely like getting in the way of progress sure Mm. yeah i mean that's Um, a good point because um again a big issue they had with the franchises is that in different states they'd be cooking different things mm -hmm. and we do see ray Kroc absolutely furious when that does occur when he tries to franchise so again like he's he's still keeping those values of the mcdonald's brothers initially at least to heart like he's still trying to achieve that so again you as an audience member are going well he is trying to still uphold what they asked him to do and everything so he's surely but you still get that that tension between them and you go like i feel like this is 
this is not going to end well for them, I think. Mm-hmm. There's that sense of impending doom for the McDonald brothers in this. Um, yeah. And again, uh, we should talk about them because they're played very well by um, the two actors. I don't have their names memorized. I know one Nick of them. Offerman, Matt. Nick Offerman, Nick from Offerman. Parks and Rec. And it took me Drunk so long Swanson. to realize it was him um, from Parks and Rec until he started yelling. And I was like, oh my God, it's, it's him from Parks and Rec. And uh, the then, other gentleman is um, John Carroll Lynch, who he's a pretty good character actor. He's been, uh, he was like the almost the Zodiac killer in the movie Zodiac. That's where I've seen him from, yeah. I, I and they've also got him. Linda Cardellini. Oh, my God. What a uh, By the way, d- just quickly, he was also in the Chicago 7 as well. Oh, he was. Yes, he was. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yes, and any film that features Linda Cardellini. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing a, an okay sign, I am. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She was, uh, I know I've mentioned it before, but in Freaks and Geeks, she was my, she was my crush. <laughs> Scooby-Doo, she was my, my, my crush. Oh, that's right, she's mm-hmm. Velma, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Did we think that, um, actually, I didn't recognize her at first when she appeared in this, mm-hmm. by the way. I was like, okay, that's, is that Lynn? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Matthew. No, no, it's, it's right. I, uh, I'm very pleased, to, as always, to see Laura Dern in any movie because I think she's an underused actress. I do think that her character had little... Very little to do mm-hmm. in this film. Well, probably because she had little to do. He probably, like she was yeah. a, she was a housewife, and but I, I found like a, as an actress, as Laura Dern is, you know, of of her um, profile, I feel like you'd only sign on to this movie if you had a big scene, and I feel like she didn't have a big scene. No, because yeah. like, and that's probably. But she, what she does is because I mean, I say she's just a housewife, but she's. She's not given anything to do because she doesn't have, you mm. know, much to do. And you can see that pain. She portrays that pain really well in this, I thought. So, any scene that she was in, you could see this unease of she was just waiting to see what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was probably too afraid to call him out on anything except for, you know, she does it a little bit. But then you get those little bits where she does support him and you're like, oh, <laughs> this is really sweet. And then it turns out he's a terrible human being. Yeah. And you feel for her. You're like, why would you do things to such a sweet woman like that? There is that moment where he invites her. He sort of like concedes and goes, no, you're right. I've been distant. Let's go on a date night. We'll go and have a really nice meal at our club. Mm. And and you can tell that means the world to her. And then when he gets there, you realize he's only gone there to make contacts to try and... um, get more franchisees to open up McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason he's gone there. And, and again, she has to rest with that. But then she tries to rise above that in that moment and then helps him do that. You know, she's still on side with him and that kind of thing. Yeah. It is, yeah, it's a bit... It's it's definitely uncomfortable to watch in places because of how... I don't want to use the word evil. Like, this is very steeped in reality. It's not like he's a supervillain or anything. But you definitely see a kind of... Um, malevolence growing in him yeah i suppose an arrogance an uh, arrogance yeah and especially when he meets the the lawyer friend who tells him about hey you should own the land and you can do whatever you want you don't have to rent the land anymore and um i thought that was a huge turning point for his character is when he goes hey i can rob the mcdonald's brothers of the mcdonald's chain (laughs) yeah i think that's um the i think that's the brilliantness of this film is because on paper ray Kroc is a villain right (laughs) But this movie, uh, I, I'm still sitting here. I'm going, I don't think he's that bad of a guy. Okay. I, well, I mean, not giving them he's any royalties or anything. Yeah. He's like, a bad guy. He is a bad guy. But he doesn't start out a bad guy. He just he just turns into one. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, like you say, when you find out that the, the McDonald's brothers, because they, they had to shut 
Well, they had to change the name of their original McDonald's to M Burger or whatever it is at the end because they because they no longer have the rights uh, to Big use M. the Big M. And then there's that little bit of text saying that they they closed it down like five years later because Ray Kroc goes and builds the McDonald's opposite their site mm-hmm. of the original McDonald's and puts them out of business. Which to me that was petty for him to do because yeah. because I think there's that thing he wanted to he always pretended he was the founder, hence the mm-hmm. title, and he wanted McDonald's number one. And it needed to be on that site for accuracy, I suppose, so people wouldn't go, hey, wasn't it? Didn't there used to be a McDonald's there, I suppose? Mm. Um, but yeah, it's like that kind that, that, yeah, that was sort of like kind of a nail in the coffin for his character, I think. It's like, yeah. oh, you, you, you're not redeemable now at this point, which is very deliberate, I think. Mm. But um, I definitely was hungry, though, through watching it. it <laughs> like, again, we live in a world of, and also we're very, I think, covid aware so uber eats is is always there it's always present on the table and i was like should i i mean i am hungry no no don't do it don't do it it's it's mcdonald's is bad for you (laughs) i did not mean to order the pizza that i got last night for dinner right but i was just like it's too easy to order things via your phone that's Mm -hmm. it it is you feel slightly peck like in the in the in the olden days i'd remember (laughs) if i if i got peckish i would go and maybe make like oh you know, a handful of cheese and crackers or something, a small snack, and that would tie me over. Now, if I if I have dinner and then a few, if I stay up and I think I'm a bit peckish, I order a whole meal. Mm. It's too easy. Mm. But yeah, so this this movie, not make sure you've eaten beforehand. I think is, <laughs> is the best thing. And then they go to that nice restaurant with when Patrick Wilson turns up and they're eating nice food there as well. Mm. It reminds me of. The only good shot in the original Suicide Squad movie is when she's slicing the steak. Because that steak just looks so good. Oh, didn't she also had a uh, Harley Quinn had a moment in her film when she yes. has the, the bacon and oh, eggs? Oh yeah, oh it was oh, so yeah. good. Yeah, Steve, so good. didn't you try and make that meal? I did. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was so good. Like the, instead of the American cheese, I put the Kraft singles on there. It was ugh. <laughs> that concerns me a little bit that you use Kraft singles. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's just more more authentic yeah. American taste, isn't it? Oh, you know that's true. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, Patrick Wilson has this bad habit of just popping up in movies. He really does. No, I agree. Why is he here? I was like, I know that guy from like films, but I've got no yeah. idea. <laughs> he he definitely has a reputation of being that guy from those films. Yeah, he, he he's in a lot of a, horror films. He is. And he popped up in another movie recently and I thought I forget what the movie was actually. It might have been was it? I think it was a time, I think it was a, a, an episode we did. I think it, I think it was, and he just turns up. Yeah, and I remember thinking at the time, thinking this whatever it was was made at a point in his career that he was well known. That it's like has someone told him he doesn't need to do these little bit parts where he just turns up for like five minutes? Um, wait, it was. Oh, that's gonna really annoy me. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, uh, uh, I'm going through a bunch of his films. You guys keep talking, and I'll, yeah. I'll get back to you. And see if I can anyway, find it. he does just turn up in. It's a thank again, much like Laura Dern, his character. Mm. Again, for an actor of his his stature at the, this point in his career, he's in Batman v Superman. He's not in Batman v Superman. Yeah, what does he play in Batman v Superman? I don't know. It just says that he's in Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. I don't remember him in that movie. Yeah, well, he's in it. All right, okay. I mean, I'm not one to argue with Google. They'll probably. I think find I remember him in that movie. I think I do. But that's, again, that's it's exactly one of those it. like, roles that he just pops up. he just pops and he just pops up in this movie, and then he. It's funny. We never get to see the fallout of Ray Kroc stealing Patrick Wilson's wife, which I thought was an odd choice to not see that. 
Mm. He's just, far too good looking to <laughs> like. Would you give up him for for, for however Keaton? old Michael Keaton is? Yeah. Well, Andy Cardellini was obviously like, you've got money, two beadier eyes right now. <laughs> <laughs> I need to I need to be with. Yeah, with and God, God those Keaton. burgers look tasty. <laughs> um, the uh, I, I mean, it goes without saying, but I really really enjoyed the contrast in this film between. Uh, Ray Kroc starting off selling milkshake mixes mm-hmm. uh, and the denouement of the film where everything starts to unravel in that it's an argument with McDonald brothers about prepackaged milkshakes. That's right, yeah, the powdered milkshakes. That's nice. it, no, I, I definitely agree. And I also, again, this film actually ends on a, I mean, it's, you know, you hate Ray Kroc for it, but that little thing about once McDonald's started making more money, they went back to using actual real ice cream. Yeah. And it's like, mm. so that argument that caused all that disarray, he then revert. It's just, it was like, again, I don't know how accurate this is, but it was, it was just so poetic in the way that the movie structures that. It was yeah. like, yeah, that, that's, that's told that story well, just like even just with food products, it's done a really good job of it. Um, which was yeah, it was. I also yeah, it's it's funny how Ray Kroc keeps sending the McDonald's brothers letters with the McDonald name, but like increasingly more grand fonts and and logos and stuff. And I go, like, what is this? Is this like a different company to the mm-hmm. one that we work for? Yeah, letterheads uh, from like real estate companies. Yeah, like, exactly. What? <laughs> but they're now one of the largest real estate companies yeah. in the world. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> and th- I think, I mean, obviously we live in a Western society, but you don't have to go very far, a couple of, couple of blocks. I mean, there's the, I think every suburb would have a McDonald's, wouldn't it, more or less? Almost. I remember doing road trips as a kid and mum and dad would be like, we know that we're getting into a new town because there's the Golden Arches yeah, my up on a big post and mm-hmm. we're not going there, okay? <laughs> we're not going to McDonald's. Mom, can we get McDonald's? I mean, let's be I honest, want hash browns. <laughs> McDonald's would not be as nice now as we remember it being a kid. I've always found it's much like... I mean, it's probably always been terrible, but it's like when you go back to a place you were at as a child but haven't been there since, and then you've grown up and you go back and it just feels smaller or not mm. as, as impressive. That's because you yourself have grown up and you're not as easily impressed by things. And I think the same can be said for McDonald's is it's, you know, it's a it's it, they push for the family restaurant in this movie so that people can grow up with it and be conditioned to go, it's always there. We must have McDonald's. Uh, Matthew, such a pessimistic view of the world. You grow up, so therefore <laughs> you can't enjoy things anymore. No, no I was Talk just... about being a grumpy old man. I was Come just, on. just trying to make my point. is like, you know, in, in the ads, like the, the burgers are always bigger in the ads than they are in real life or they get people with smaller hands to hold them in the TV <laughs> ads so the burgers mm. look bigger. Now, this is true. This is stuff that they do. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, no, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll simmer down now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what are we going to give this out of five watts? Happy Meals? Happy Meals. We mm. can't, I mean, this is, I mean, the movie's an ad for McDonald's, it yeah. feels like, but, I, you but re- kind of not. Pushing it a little bit, It's maybe? an anti-story. I feel like naming a fight part of our five-star after a direct product that you can purchase from yeah, McDonald's. That's, that's true. I know what I'll be getting on my way home. Uh, five grease traps. Uh, grease traps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Squeaky voice teens. Um, stealing wives, uh, uh, ice cream machines, Linda Cardellini's. <laughs> we sell French fries. Um, Welcome to Judy Dench's fish and chip shop. <laughs> we need more special sauce. Sauce. Put this mayonnaise out in the sun. <laughs> 
Ah, <laughs> uh, references. Uh. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, what are we doing? Great, great, grease traps? Or what? Um, grease traps probably works for how slimy Ray Kroc is as a character. Yeah. He's yes. a grease trap. Me- meta- <laughs> metaphors. Metaphors. <laughs> there you go. Uh, who would like to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I do enjoy this film. I thought it's just a, a nice, simple little film. Um, it didn't suffer from biopicitis. We go. Yeah. I know where this is going. I know where it's going to end. Uh, it was. It was. It was an interesting journey to get to the end. Um, and I definitely learned some things. Uh, I thought uh, Nick Offerman uh, was great. I thought Michael Keaton great. Linda Cardellini great. Um, I think maybe the 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 writing was a little too dumb. Um, <laughs> you know, it didn't. It, Felt like maybe it needed to explain too many things. It needed to over-exposize. Um, yeah. So it'd be a three for me. Okay, sure. I, I would agree with, with most of those points. I I, I mean, this movie's like two hours. I think it maybe could have been, like I'm t- saying, like shaving off some runtime and maybe be like a- an hour and 50 minutes or something like that. I, I felt like it could just be a little shorter, especially in that middle bit. But I mean, Michael Keaton has just just doesn't disappoint. The older he gets, he just gets better and mm. better, um, and he carries this movie incredibly well. Especially by the end, playing such an unlikable character, you're still enjoying his performance, which is a great thing for an actor to be able to do. Um, all of his supporting actors and characters, they're all great. And again, Nick Offerman is, especially once I figured out who he was as well. I was like, wow, he's so good in this. It took me a while to realize who he who he was. Um, I, I really enjoyed this this film. Again, just make sure you you've eaten before you watch it because <laughs> there are some good shots of people eating and and that and they, they the food does look good in the film. Um, I'm going to give this a four. Okay, nice. Well, I'm going to sit right in between the two of you and give it a three and a half. Um, oh, do I want to? No, I'm close to giving it a four, but I just. <laughs> I just don't want to. It's such a it's such a good solid film, um, but I don't. The, for me, the rewatchability isn't there. That's true. Um, yeah, I, I would I agree en- with that. I I enjoy I enjoy all the creation of the how it's all put together. You know, the story itself and um, him creating this beast <laughs> that that lives in the McDonald's brand. Um, but yeah, just I just don't feel like I want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. That's so, fair so, so I'm going to sit on three and a half. But it's still it's still a really good solid film, and Michael Keaton is just amazing in it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. Mm. I mean, very excited to see his Batman turn up again in the Flash. Um, oh, I don't care about that whatsoever. <laughs> Do you guys? Okay, you don't know about it, Alex and Steve. Obviously, doesn't care, but that's that's fine. Um, Michael Keaton is appearing as his 1989 Batman in the new Flash movie. He's been seen on set. It's confirmed. Oh, jeez. Along with Ben Affleck as his Batman. Oh, jeez. Let it all end. I Just think that's it... really exciting. <laughs> For someone who last week, or whenever uh, when we did Black Widow, was going, oh, I'm a bit over superhero films. i got a soft spot for Batman. I'll always turn up can, for Batman. Can, can, can a franchise just not do a multiverse? Like, no. just get over it. Let your characters move on, you know? Um, apparently not. <sighs> anyway. So you're <laughs> definitely not going to like the next Spider-Man movie then, Alex. <laughs> Uh, oh, it'll be fine. Whatever. <laughs> just, just okay. That's... Is Andrew Garfield in that one or is it just Tobey Maguire? Rumours. Rumours. Okay. Rumours. Okay. Definitely going to have um, Alfred Molina as Dr. Rock. Oh, it's great. definitely going to have um, Jamie Foxx as uh, Electro. 
why why they were doing so well hey, it's going to be a different version of electro so oh, i would hope so <laughs> rumors is a good album by fleetwood mac anyway it is a good album. Uh, <laughs> um okay well that's that's 10 and i my maths i think was good did good maths is 10 and you, a half what did you get enough yeah yeah okay. all right i'll just agree it was a four and a three and a three and a half six plus Four, six, ten, ten and a half. Yeah, yeah that's it. Woohoo! Yeah. I finished high school. <laughs> um, wait, actually, I have an honours degree. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't in mathematics. I'm an art student. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been the Trailer Island Podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts on Wednesdays with new episodes. Uh, this week, again, we were joined by Steve remotely. And, hello, uh, so hello, hello. So if he sounds a little funny, then that's entirely his fault. <laughs> um, for did you catch? You didn't catch COVID, but you're at risk of catching COVID. Was it the dog? Uh, no, it wasn't the dog. No, that's all I'm at liberty to it? say. Was uh, it the cat? Was it the captain? Because we we time tugged this week. Did the captain do it? No, no, no. Captain's fully vaccinated now. Oh, that's well, yeah. you can still share it though. If you you can still pass he was it the first on. one to get vaccinated in Taiwan. All right. <laughs> How yeah. does he have access to other countries? This isn't fair. We're stuck on this island and he's, you know, off gallivanting. Yeah, you're vaccinated. right. The captain doesn't have a boat. Mm, he's got the time target. That's a, he certainly a, does. A, a, a boat of sorts. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> I'm Matthew, by the way. We've been the Trail Island Podcast. I'm Alex. I was joined by... Uh... That was Steve and Matt. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> this is a Narrative Network podcast.